2: Can you feel the snug tonight? It is where we drink. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Snowcast, the second episode of our pandemic series. You're here tonight with own and DJ. DJ, how are you getting on, kid?
3: I'm actually fucking flying it. And um, I'm flying it because I'm. Obviously, with the Candemic series, drinking four drinks in uh, one recording session is not feasible because you're mm. rushing through them and you don't appreciate the beers. So we're doing this thing where we have a drink and a half before we start recording. And I've had fucking like absolute whoppers pre-record. So I'm fucking bouncing. I'm bouncing. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm I really fucking looking forward to this. And I will say this, right, to break the fourth wall, the Candemic episode number one last week was my favorite recording of the year so far. I really yeah. fucking enjoyed it. I enjoyed the buildup to it. I enjoyed recording it. I enjoyed the feedback. We, like it's the most feedback I think we've ever gotten from a podcast and it was all like unanimously positive. So the listeners, you guys are fucking loving it. So believe me on this end of the podcast, we are fucking so happy. We're doing this mad uh, pandemic series and like people have been coming to us with breweries from counties we're struggling with and sending us links to their website so keep that coming lads, because you know what this is the kind of thing that like we're storing all this information and like there are so many good breweries out there we can't there, there are more than 32 brilliant breweries in ireland so this is like something we need to fucking tap into and do more of so yeah how am i doing i've never i don't think the a snow cast version of dj has never been fucking better to be honest <laughs>
2: Yeah, man, I, I t- I'm totally in, in total di- um, agreement with you. This whole series has been not just us coming on a podcast and just chatting. There's been the whole kind of rigmarole of us going into um, off licenses, talking to breweries, talking to you, the listeners, asking you questions. Um, what cans can we get from counties? Like, So we're two weeks in now. That means we're going to be um, 16 counties, 16 cans deep after these two weeks. Um, and we've sourced those 16 cans. Um, and next week we have a few cans tipped in for next week, a few counties tipped in for next week, but we're, 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 I wouldn't say starting to struggle, um, because we actually haven't hit any, um, online platform yet. So I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to venture into, um, the um online sphere now in order to try and order um a few cans for, from 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 counties we haven't gotten from any of our local off licenses so far actually in fact I must say we've we've sourced we've sourced 16 maybe 18 to 20 cans from three off licenses in in Waterford so I think we've been doing pretty good in fairness like but uh, yeah I've loved I love our little jaunts around it's been it's it's been so much great fun. Um, but yeah, actually, I suppose just to tie this all back in, we've um, this is we've we've kind of garnered a few new listeners from this series. So maybe just to do a little introduction, if you've never listened to the Snowcast before, the Snowcast is um, a podcast where me and DJ and um, we drink normally inside in a pub um, and we just talk general pub chat. Um, we. Talk about the beers that we're drinking in the pub, but mo- mostly it's just about the normal shite that you talk about in a pub. It transitioned over the lockdown or pandemic period into us drinking around uh, microphones, um, and yeah, we've we've really embraced uh, supporting local breweries, uh, supporting um, just supporting just the whole craft beer industry in general. So yeah, um, we're happy to have you on board, guys, and uh, yeah, just all the feedback that you have for us is 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 totally um totally loved by all of us yeah
3: yeah and as well as that like uh, i suppose if you're a new listener to the podcast you'll go back to earlier episodes and hear us and talking with like like the variety i i do think one of the successes of our podcast so far not to blow around trumpets is the fact that we have a good mix in the back catalogue of uh, podcasts where we chat with some of our close friends who nobody outside the of us listening to podcasts would know and podcasts where we talk to breweries podcasts where we talk to other podcast hosts podcasts where we talk to people who we've never met before and, and podcasts where like you know a couple from Scotland and the States <laughs>
2: what are <you> thinking now?
3: <laughs> yeah yeah just barnstorm us in and um, for those of you who are watching us on YouTube Owen's got um Davy Max as his background and I've got the Snug where um the, the Snugcast in Phil Grimes was um was conceived um not through any sexual um <laughs> happenings but purely through us having the points in the chats and uh, we're so fucking happy to have everyone on board to the loyal listeners thanks a million for your support as always um and like this pandemic series for me it's been amazing escapism so far uh i felt like we were we had overdone the Point watch pub watch kind of stuff you know about the pandemic and obviously this is going to go on longer than anyone anticipated so this is a brilliant creative way for us to explore new breweries new beers and um, and just keep our drinking experiences interested as we move through this this uncertain time and again it's that kind of escapism like for us like for literally here tonight um, finding breweries in different counties and going to source their beers but as well as that then part of this series is trying to learn more about the counties that the beers are from and find random facts and shy talk about the counties. And like, I actually had so much fucking fun doing that bit of like, I I put research in inverted uh, commas there uh, into the counties in question tonight. And just was like, right. Like, what the fuck do I know about County Clare? And I was there a couple of months ago. What did I learn? And I actually fucking retained very little of what I, Learned there and it was brilliant to go and fucking look into that and see so it's a brilliant fucking series a little mini series for us as as podcast hosts and the listeners certainly seem to enjoy it. that's fucking brilliant and um as well like we're getting fucking leery like on this so it's 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 a, it's a win all around i think the series
2: so yeah 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 so maybe let's just start off so it's so the pandemic series 32 cans 32 counties in our first episode we covered eight of those um cans and eight of those counties so um dj you start last time will i start this time or what do you want drive on. Drive on. i'll drive on i'll drive on so again I, I i'm just going to i'm going to start off the way i drank them tonight because um maybe maybe that's probably just the best way because the further i get on through these drinks now i'll probably forget the the one that was been furthest away So what I was drinking first was one of these ones that I got really, really excited about when we ventured into um, Worldwide Wines to the Plint. Um, And my eyes opened when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this spectacular looking beer? So on a lower shelf in on the Plint where the kind of high-end stuff is, was this white gypsy 2017 Reserve Vintage Stout, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So this thing is in like this green, like bottle. It kind of it looks like it's like a a, a mini champagne bottle. I'll, I'll put it up here now. As you know, the old, the old virtual background probably won't do just justice. And um, but um, yeah, it's in this kind of like um, uh, uh, green kind of champagne looking bottle. I was like, what the this is fucking class. So I was just like reading the back of it. So this thing has been um, aged in a whiskey barrel for a year from 2017 to 2018. And um it's a seven percenter, and it's class. Like this this the aroma of this thing is unbelievable. It has had like proper, like oaky whiskey smell off the off the beer as well and um, lovely lovely full body stout gave a taste of cure early on she said it's nearly a stout that you could eat like it is it has that kind of like nearly i don't know chewable texture to it like you know it's real full body to it and man i loved it I actually fell in love with the thing like it was just it was something that like i couldn't speak more highly about and um i don't know y- y- I think uh, you might have one of these uh, kind of like um, aged stouts coming up in a bit, DJ, but I was extremely impressed. This is like I've had and um, uh, I've had like bourbon stouts and stuff beforehand, but like I don't think I've ever experienced this kind of like proper and um, like whiskey and um, infused taste and smell sensation before. Um so, yeah. Uh, just uh, I, I don't know, I I just thought it was absolutely uh, I just thought it was extremely, extremely, extremely good. Like loved it to bits.
3: I think there's um there's a complete beauty in in finding a new technique that you haven't come across and when it when your first experience of that is pleasant and um yeah, you're dead right, like my, my first beer, which we'll come at later on, is is very similar. uh, uh stored in a, a whiskey barrel for a year as well. And I think like um, th- there's there's a certain beauty about when you when you get used to tasting different styles and different um, elements, where where you do go into it with an open mind as to like is this a style I've tried before? No, so I need to come into this with an open mind and not have any preconceived notions, especially when it's a stout, because I think Irish people in particular can be very much like I am going to compare this to Guinness because it is classified as a stout when actually it's a different like stout is a broad church you know what I mean uh, in terms of definitions of a beer and there's very diff- a load of different styles of stouts I'm drinking four stouts tonight by the way and they're all completely different in style so like it's 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 very good the way you've explained it there isn't like for you as a, f- a first time uh whiskey barrel aged stout drinker just that fucking shock factor is brilliant um but again like like you, you I think I think like you know we're in a whatsapp group with you know uh, three other people who or four other people who've featured regularly on the podcast in the past for new listeners who we'll go back, uh, Big Dave Quinn, Simon Cahoon, um, Dodd, Daryl who and Ollie Sharp, who've all featured in the podcast regularly. And we were talking, we, literally Simon put up left-hand nitro, the stout from from Colorado, that's our, our logo, in our logo. And was like, it's back boys, like it's back in World Wide Wines. And we, uh, and we were chatting about stouts then because literally everyone in the WhatsApp group happened to be drinking stout tonight and I think it was brilliant the way you literally put up like this cost 8.50 and it was worth every cent and it's like that like this this is you know sometimes as beer drinkers we can be a bit snobbish uh, especially as independent craft beer drinkers but the appreciation that you've had for this um, amazing drink that you have said that for you uh, drinking one of these and justifying spending 8.50 on that bottle it's well justified
2: yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. It was, you know, it's not as if like I'm going actually, well, there's only one left on the shelf, so I was pretty lucky to get the thing. But um it's not something that you're going, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few of these. First of all, it's seven percent. So I'm, I'm not gonna be hammering these guys home, like, but second of all, um, it is definitely uh, like an appreciation drink. Like it's something that you go, look at the taste of this like i appreciate like that this has been aged in out like a whiskey cask for this for a year and everything and like you're paying for that quality for um that process which is like which is probably like not making them money that's just something that like white gypsy just want to do to just see what they you know what they can get out of it like you know like it's not like Definitely like storage wise and stuff like that to like store something in a whiskey cask for years, but it's probably not worthwhile for them when they're not selling like a bottle of whiskey out of the cask, like you know. Um, they're just selling like an 850 drink out of it, like you know. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's not worth their while, but like it, like the what is coming out of it is just amazing. And um, yeah, I suppose it's probably like an ode to uh, I, that's that's a bit fucking that's a bit naff saying that, isn't it? An ode an ode to beer drinkers. That's a bit that's a bit of a, a stupid thing to say, isn't it?
3: Yeah, you're not in the fucking house of lords, like
2: Yeah, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on there, but um I think you know what I'm trying to say. It's kind of like uh tipping the cap, I suppose, to to the lads that appreciate it and you know, this is what we can do and this is one what, what this is one that we want to do for you, like, you know.
3: Um, well, I mean an awful lot of our grand Fathers and grandparents' generation would have drank a Guinness Extra with a whiskey chaser. You know, a Guinness Extra with a baby power.
2: You're, so, you're damn right, yeah.
3: You know what? That for me, that's the nod. Um, it's that, like you know, that that throwback to um, the complementary nature
2: of stout and whiskey together, and and I think that's what it is. Um, <laughs> Speaking you... of throwbacks, right? I'm gonna tell you a story. So. So, uh, for those of you who are new, please go back and listen to the first episode of the Candemic series, but um, for those of you who know, we're doing drinking a can um, from a county and then we're telling a little story about the county. And so, this can, sure, actually I never said where, where White Gypsy is from, but White Gypsy is a Tipperary brewery. Um, so, I could have come along and I could have told you a story about Tipperary, right, but I'm actually gonna tell you a story about White Gypsy. So I'm actually just on the About Us page of um, White Gypsy here. And I'm just gonna read word for word of um, the moment that Quelan um, from White Gypsy um, thought of, of, of setting up, um, or, or I suppose thought of brewing. And I think it's such a lovely story. So um, yeah, I'll just kick it off there. Um, So, sitting in one of Heathrow's pubs one glorious summer's evening in 1993 on a four-hour stopover en route to Vancouver, I witnessed a barmaid performing a very unusual ritual. While trying to pour a beer into a glass, I witnessed it again ten minutes later and again and again. She was pulling a white ceramic lever with her left hand with what looked like a considerable amount of effort, as the lever arced downwards, her entire upper body arched inwards towards the counter. In her right hand was a pint glass, which she was holding under a swan-necked spout that was below the white lever. Into the glass was flowing some sort of beer, strange-looking stuff. Being a good Irishman, I had my national drink in front of me, but curiosity was really starting to get the better of me. What was the barmaid doing? What were the strange Englishmen drinking? So up I walked asked the barmaid for a pint of that stuff, pointing to the white lever. She duly obliged, performed the ritual and placed the pint upon the counter. I walked back to my seat, eyes to the ground, for fear of being spotted by another Irishman and getting the look, you know, the one that says, Jesus, what kind of muck are you drinking now? Back in my seat, settled in nicely, a good book in hand, sun shining in the window and a lovely red hue coming through the pint. I waited a few minutes before lifting a glass to my mouth and taking the first mouthful, the very first mouthful of real ale. And the rest, as they say, is history. And I just thought that was an amazing, amazing little story, just like, and I suppose it's that kind of like experimentation that is probably, has um, really hit us as, as I suppose, as part, part of our growth is um, in The podcast and that like you know if you go back to our earlier episodes and we're talking about heineken we're talking about bits and bobs and um and i suppose our appreciation for things and our discovery and exploration into things and and even there me talking about like this like whiskey age stout um that i haven't had before and i just thought that story by queelan of like that initial spark that ignited his flame for brewing is amazing what you make of that
3: yeah brilliant and I think I think as well even like you like that's lovely that you tell the story there about Queelan and and the the, the this beginnings of White Gypsy because White Gypsy were so fundamental to us in terms of branding and setting up a podcast and stuff like this and like you know our initial branding was was White Gypsy Pine class a picture that I took when we recorded our second episode before we had published any episodes and like you know, White Gypsy have been always been really supportive of us. So, like, when it came to picking uh, breweries per counties, there was no doubt that White Gypsy were going to represent Tipperary for us. You know, uh, they're, they're a great brewery and have always been very supportive of what we tried to do with the podcast. And as well, you know, any brewery that Tom Ryan backs as much as he backs White Gypsy, you know, I'm, I, you know, you have to respect uh, Tom being our, our local publican there and um, Phil Grimes' Pub, which is for anyone watching on YouTube, is 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 the pub that I'm I'm virtually setting And um, lovely story, uh, great, great. Do you know what? I I've been that person in a pub somewhere, uh, feeling like that Irish concept of oh. They've got notions now, you know, yeah. when you're trying something new, drink, you even get that, like, I, I find drinking amongst friends, you know, if there's not another craft beer drinker when you're out for a couple of pints, and, every you, you know, when the round is three pints of Guinness, a pint of Heineken, and, and what's your man drinking? You know, that kind of way, like, sometimes are, you know, yeah. you, get, you get sometimes at family events, like, uh, would you not drink a real beer? And you're like, well, you're drinking Guinness that's brewed in Nigeria, into here where it was actually I'm drinking a real beer that's made in the fucking mountains of, of Ballyvorney in West Cork, uh with water sourced from a local well and using fucking hops malt and barley from a fucking farm down the road, you know. So like there there is that like like Keelan's talking about the bravery of trying a new beer and then taking that bravery to the extreme of fucking brewing a new beer and setting up a brewery in Ireland at a time when there was not that many, uh, besides the big boys. I loved it,
2: yeah. Brilliant. And I, 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 I'd I, recommend anyone to go and just go on to that about his page because, uh, I've just taken the, the first um uh bit there called The Moment, um, so obviously, <laughs> um, but there's like the painful learning years and uh, the White Gypsy Brewery and present day and stuff, and um, just the story of how they started off brewing um because there was no craft beer um, industry in ireland that and it was so big in in the uk that they were export only because they knew they wouldn't survive in ireland on their own like and it's just a very interesting story um and and yeah definitely would recommend anyone to to go to go um, and go onto that page and and read that story
3: it's um, and it, it it tells a story of of the still the independent craft beer scene in Ireland where like you know they only have what what was it last year 2.8% of the um the market share and like they deserve double digits um I firmly believe so so yeah it, it was a brilliant story and, and really well told and um really well written and the and it has translated into a fucking really nice beers.
2: Yeah 100 percent yeah yeah so uh that was County Tipperary. DJ, name your can and name your county. Uh, well,
3: straight away just like you would a bottle last time, like um, pedantic viewers are going to point out that I'm holding up a bottle. Um, but I suppose... I, fuck, I, the,
2: I, fuck the pedantic viewers.
3: <laughs> yeah, fuck the pedantic viewers and listeners. Um, I, the brewery I went for, um, so the county first is County Clear um, in the west of Ireland. And um, the brewery I went for was uh, Western Herd. Um, a great brewery there in Clare, one that we don't see much in the Southeast. We definitely, I've never seen Western Herd on top here in the Southeast, but again, since lockdown started as someone who doesn't drink at home that much, um, Western Herd through the uh, crack beer community and virtual beer festivals that um, Brian has run. I, I, I've um, come across a couple of Western uh, herd beers. And this is one that I attended a crack beer community virtual beer festival uh, in the summer. And with those, you get 12 beers and uh, the festival is on for like six, seven hours. So sometimes on a Saturday, you just have shit to do. So you're gone for an hour or so. And this was a beer that I didn't drink on the day. And I looked at it and I read the label and looked into the beer and I was like, I need to fucking put this aside and keep it for a time. Like I I can't just drink this beer willy nilly. Um, And I'm so glad I kept it for the podcast and a series like this because it's, it's worthy of it, I think. And it's a limited edition beer, so it's probably not one that you can get now, um, unfortunately for the listeners. But again, it just highlights the the skill and and expertise of a quality independent brewery like Western Herd. And it's a limited 2019 edition, uh, Western Herd Dolman Irish Whiskey Stout. So again, similar to your last beer one, uh, this is also um, aged for a year in in whiskey barrels. um, And it's it's aged in whiskey barrels with cocoa nibs and roasted coffee so it's a like in terms of like you know we talk about gateway beers to independent craft beer in Ireland and how like you know certain beers like um the Keller beer from Yellow Belly is like a bridging beer for someone who's not had independent craft beer to kind of Get them used to just a, a slightly diverse flavors. This is not a fucking bridging beer, like you know. This is this is the other end of the scale, um, and it's it, it's fucking phenomenal. I have to say, um, and I have I, like Jesus. It, it, when I think about this beer, when, when I tasted the first, when I when I opened the cap and smelled it straight away, I got that like pungent whiskey smell that you get when you smell a bottle of of oh, any whiskey you know you get that kick and I was like right fuck um, so I poured a little bit out and just let it settle and poured another little bit and um, and and I actually put a bit of thought into drinking this because I was like I want to do this kind of some way right so I had I I had put this beer aside at room temperature for the last while and then today when I got home I put it in the fridge for a few hours and came back to it and took it out of the fridge for maybe half an hour 40 minutes so I was probably drinking it at somewhere between six and twelve degrees. I'm not too sure. Um, and right, the, the drinking experience of this stout, it's 7.6%. So don't if you have a preconceived notion of Guinness Murphy's or, Br- or beamish, like it's a completely different texture. And straight away when you drink it, there's this like absolute bang of of, of very pleasant bang of whiskey that volatile whiskey i've taken a sip of whiskey kind of feeling in your mouth not in the back of the throat you know when you drink whiskey you get that feeling in your mouth but then the back of the throat burns you don't get the burning but you do get that volatility in your mouth and then all of a sudden it kind of dissolves away into this lovely bittery coffee taste and then you get this almost like coating of the cocoa nibs that chocolatey bittery coating in your mouth and it's actually like it is bitter but it's quite pleasant um so really really fucking good um a good drinking experience and when we talk on this podcast about independent craft beer, we talk about the sustainability of the beer producing methods and like the local, how how local a beer is they aged the beer in um in whiskey barrels that they got from the chapel gate distillery in West clear so it's a local distillery that has supplied the barrels and then a coffee um in the Burren in 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 west in northwest Clare. um Provided the the coffee, the roasted coffee beans, and um Hazel Mountain Chocolate, uh, a chocolate supplier from the and provided the cocoa nibs. So like the ingredients have been provided by local suppliers. So everything that's gone into this beer is um is handled and processed in Clare, which is brilliant. And uh, it was just such a fucking lovely, lovely um beer to drink. Now the name, I want like like right, that's the beer. Um, first of all, on oh, your impressions of the description, blah blah blah.
2: Uh, yeah, like sounds, um, apart from maybe like the cocoa nibs kind of side, but like that, 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 um, that whiskey casking, everything like sounds quite like the white gypsy as well. And, uh, after my tasting of the white gypsy, definitely something I know you're saying it's limited edition. So I might, I might be able to get my hands on it, but if they bring it out, I'm sure, a lot of these uh, breweries are going to do this maybe seasonally, you know, and like have your like maybe one year, some might do a two year, or whatever, like in is casking or, or or do it seasonally like so. And definitely, definitely will. Uh, uh put my hands on the on, on on that Western herd, like so. Yeah, and yeah, sounds sounds um so exciting. Like I I just I don't know. I like I was I was after I got I had my one. It's just like. This is phenomenal, like this is and like as you said it's you know it doesn't have that um it doesn't have that burny whiskey feel or it doesn't have that kind of like back of the throat kind of feel that you get with whiskey, but it has that like lovely whiskey aroma um off it that kind of like I don't know it really gives you the taste of it through the smell um and yeah, yeah i i then i I definitely pick it up, but. Forget about the beer. Tell me about County Clare.
3: Um, Well, actually, I've got a couple of stories about County Clare, but the first thing is related to the beer. And uh, it's called a Dolman Irish Whiskey Sour. And dolmans are obviously a type of... I'm I'm holding this up for the video... um, the video watchers is going to be mirror mode. But um, obviously dolmens are a type of ancient burial system with stones and, and obviously, come to clear, they have an awful lot of limestone so they, so they would see these featured quite a lot. Um, and yeah, the, 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 this is a tribute to a local um a, a great dolmen in County Clare, one of the most um, impressive archaeological sites in Ireland, actually is Paul Nebrone Dolmen in um, that that ha- has been estimated to be built somewhere between f- uh, 4,200 and 2,900 BC. So the, it's a burial setting for 33 people in uh, in County Clare in like like you know a couple of millennia before Jesus was strolling around the gaff. Um and I think it's a brilliant name of a place Powell and because when you when you think about it, it's anglicized from Irish so Powell and which basically means the hole of sadness and it's a burial ground. So that that has some sort of fucking haunting beauty about it to begin with. Um which which I think was absolutely um was absolutely cool. But Clare has that fucking real madness about it. That that ancient oh, cracked uh, uh, uh storytelling capacity about it as a county. And I think that's where I'd go. Like I I, I firmly believe that shy talking pubs originated in County
2: Clare. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um yeah Clare is just like the people in Clare are just cracked. Like literally just cracked people all together like, uh,
3: like they're they're <laughs> fucking as mad as a bag of badgers. Um, and and like, they've had some class people come from Clare down through the ages. Brian Baru was from Clare. Um, and, and one of my favourite stories about Brian Baru was uh, a lad I went to school with came into, like, we the school band and you kind of had to play the Tim Whistle in the school band, like most Irish primary schools. And I came in with a Tim Whistle one day that he'd obviously just been baiting off his leg and baiting off everything he walked past and had a heap of dents. And um, I remember, I just remember the principal picking up his Tim Whistle one day because it sounded wrong and saying, like... Uh, Jesus Christ, your Tim Whistle's got more batons than it uh, uh, looks like it's are what, what way did he phrase it? Your Tim Whistle is more dints than Brian Brew's sword is the way he put it. Like, you know, so <laughs> a, a good little one. Um but yeah, the like the Burren is one of these mad geographical gaffes where like it's it's this fucking big massive limestone um place that that literally like until you see it with your eyes, like you know, you see it in all these Irish people will specifically see. Uh, geography books laden with the Burren as this kind of geographical fucking uh, anomaly. You fail to appreciate it until you come over the hill from the Bally side and down towards the Burren, and you see all of a sudden you see the limestone hills. It, it, you can't do justice to it without seeing it with your own eyes. Um, and the cliffs of Moher, Ireland's most famous uh, tourist attraction, are in County Clare as well, um, and are seriously impressive. Like it's a bit, they're, they're a bit mad.
2: Yeah, yeah and, and and actually, is Dumbledore's cave is just off the Cliffs of Moher there, yeah, where also yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, the, is it in? Oh, it's in what's the one? The Half Blood Prince, where uh, he goes into to get oh, the, the, the Horcrux. Yeah, the Horcrux. Yeah, yeah. that's there as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, actually, I, I always find that as well with um, it's both Kerry and Claire, though. But um, you, you know, like uh, fields. I, I think, are you aware of fields? You yeah, I, I'm story? familiar
3: with the concept, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, divisions between farmers' fields or between livestock for fields, and that lads, especially now in burn, would have just, like, gotten, like, slabs of stone and, like, created, like, these walls, I suppose, between um, each of the fields and, like, divvied up the fields, between them and like when you look from afar so say if you're you're standing on one hill and then you know across the valley looking at another hill and you see like these lines of like stone that have like stood every single storm and weather like thing that has ever happened because these things are standing for fucking
1: centuries I don't know,
2: centuries yeah and like it's an absolutely amazing feat and like you know these things are they're stones that are slotted together where you have found the perfect stone that'll lie on top of another stone that'll slot in under another stone that'll you know that that's that's the keystone of another of another stone like it's it's absolutely phenomenal when you think of the workmanship that has gone into building these walls like i'm always so like i'm like I can't even fucking build a box like, you know, and these boys are after like creating these things that have stood the test of time. But another similarity that Clear and Kerry have is, is a relationship with islands off the coast
3: of it and this kind of funny relationship with the sea. And like, um, did, did you know that the, the first ever submarine uh, was invented by a clear man, John Philip Holland? And do you know, what he, named the, do you know what he named his first submarine? The Fenian Ram. So he's a good ram man as well. Like he, ah, oh, fair play to him. He was a good Republican, <laughs> and not the not the the Yank type of Republican. The good, um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Um, Muhammad Ali's granddad was from County Clare. What? No way. Yeah, yeah. Muhammad Ali has ge- a genuine biological link to
2: County Clare. His name was Cassius Clare. <laughs> 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 that was quick because I haven't told you any of this. That was that was
3: very quick. <laughs> That's just clear. Fuck me. Um <laughs> you told me off now, but but like fair related. But as well as that, um what is clear like most synonymous with, with the average Irish man, and it's the Christy Moore song Listum Verna. Oh, yeah. um, here we go to County Clear and, and the and the Fury song, it's a long, long way to clear and here from Clear to here. And I think that like what, what sums clear up the most is the Listum Verna Music Festival and also the matchmaking festival from Clear. Mm. So, like, ultimately, Clear is absolutely synonymous with Irish music, Irish folk music,
2: Irish traditional music, and riding. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. Th- that is one thing. I know we're both happily attached men, but it is one festival I'd love to go to. The matchmaking. And, as, and it's one festival that... Um, <laughs> so snowcast contributor Tommy Keery I'd love to bring him down to well, set him up
3: we should try and record a podcast on some sort of speed dating at the matchmaking festival and see how we get on like for the crack we'll have to 100%. get the permission off the the, the, the better halves to, to to do it but it will be uh, they can
2: come they can go they can yeah, go on the other side natural. of the room well, yeah, yeah yeah, it's the modern
3: way of, of having an issue but like um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, genuinely, County Clare is fucking mad. And if you come to Ireland and you don't go to Clare, you're missing out because it's not one of the most celebrated. You know, in terms of like films and, and literature and stuff like that, Clare isn't like out there internationally. I feel, but in terms of Irish people, like if you're if you had the holiday in Ireland, Clare is a mad gaff to go to. And like with lockdown, everybody went to Doolin when they were able to travel yeah. within Ireland because Clare is just fucking mental, and it's a great place for a sesh. And everybody knows it and they're all fucking mad so yeah, yeah delight, delighted to get clear in our kind of randomish straw that i had some western heart and i i really wanted to drink this beer and, and drink it for a good reason and a good because it's a really good beer and clear is just a fucking really good county
2: yeah like i i know we're banging on about claire but uh, uh do you know that um that um that clip that came out this week of that trailer called Wild Something Time or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, where it's,
3: Christopher it's, Walken was the worst Irish accent ever. Yeah, Chris
2: Walken, your man Jamie Dornan, is it? And uh, Emily Blunt, and John uh, Hamm as well from the um, from Mad, oh, Men. from Mad Men, yeah. Um, but anyway, so like this is this is what uh uh an Americanized interpretation of what it is to be Irish and it's you know kind of like a pegsayers oh you're so poor blah 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 shite like I tell you if you go down to Clare you know what it is to be Irish like I like it's it's that beautiful mix of like the traditional and like the modern and the 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 I the the fucking re-raw and rula bula and everything like about it. It's you know
3: it's this like you know, you talk about like the stone walls that had to make by hand and stuff like that, and I'm talking with the crack. It's that mix of like they worked like fuck, but then they they made up for it with the crack. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was a slog and then a crack. Yeah, there exactly. Was there was no in between. You were hundred percent slaving and you were hundred percent cracking. Cracking. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cracking, cracking on to your next beer on.
2: Um, so, um, uh, my okay. next beer, um, is, uh, so it's a bit of a cheater. So it is, um, from County Derry and this is, um, it's from Heaney Brewery, but we actually chose, I think DJ has, um, uh, uh, Heaney uh, brew but I actually had this in my in my fridge and I was just like look I'm gonna go for this so this is actually a yellow belly and Heaney crossover called I'm too old for this wit and it's an orange and rosemary wheat beer and oh god it's oh, it's lovely like it's such a it's such a light beer to drink it has this lovely like Rosemary like you never see that like again i I said it in the last podcast as well I love these i love and um, yellow yellow belly crew and um, just like how inventive they are using ingredients that you wouldn't use and it's one of those ones d j you're, you're a man who loves a whiff of a beer um and a a whiff of this guy oh jesus like you you get that bang of rosemary off it like it's 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 so cool um again really cool um uh old a really cool ode to um, uh, Lethal Weapon on the front of it. Like, I'm too old for this shit. Um, and uh, has like your, your, the yellow belly character again. Like, um, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Um, like, just a, a lovely solid beer to drink. Like, it is, um, it has like nice little kind of subtle orangey taste and um, that lovely kind of rosemary in it. And, you know wheat beers as well. Like, just they're just so nice to drink in general. Like, I'm actually a big fan of it. Um, I've flowed into the stouts now tonight, so I'm not sure if it was best mix, but um, I really, I actually quite enjoyed the kind of break as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's, it's phenomenal. Like again, just shout out to the lads for just fucking trying whatever they want with beers. Like, I love it. I love just like that. Just fucking ingenuity. Like, just just going for it like so yeah i would recommend that have you have you tasted that dj that that um that orange and rosemary no it's
3: um it's it's one of the beers that i have on my list if i can get my hand on it now and, and try and get a couple of cans um because i the last month i've i've had a couple of the yellow belly um limited edition uh, beers that that have been in that area, as you said earlier, on, on those shelves under the plinth, where the kind of more expensive cans are in worldwide wines, and and there's some really good selections there. So like in in, in I've I've had some. I know we're focused on Heaney right now, and 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 um, Derry, but but in terms of those collaboration beers and those special limited edition beers, um, I haven't put my hand on that one. But you know, I think wit is a, is is a brilliant technique. Uh, I think it's. Again, to come to, back to a phrase that I've used in the past, uh, it's omni-seasonal. You can drink that style of beer all year round. It's not like a really fruity, hazy IPA that's pure summer drinking. Um, and yeah, the, the fucking the way you've described that beer there now, it's it's almost like something that you know you want to have after having a nice dinner. You and you're like, right, I want to just have one beer now that's going to really fucking pique my interests. Um, it sounds like it's going to take all those boxes.
2: Uh, yep. Um, so um, uh, last week um, <laughs> I, I went to um, theulsterfry.com for um, my <laughs> um, facts. So I'm back again for it with nine amazing facts about dairy. Um, so um, dairy um, it has more names than anywhere else in the universe. So it has um, dairy, London dairy, legendary dira the maiden city stroke city the wall city so even people there don't know what to call it without starting an argument a whopping 92 percent of divorces in the city start over disagreements about where they live <laughs> um so um there it's and um, it's illegal this is something that's I didn't know anyway, but it's illegal to serve food in Derry without a side of tobacco onions. So over 90% of of onions in Northern Ireland are sent to Derry for uh, tobaccoization, a process in which local women chop and peel onions while chain smoking Lambert and Butler and gossiping before going to get fried somewhere. The onions, meanwhile, are sent off to be cooked in really hot oil. Um. 82% uh eighty-two percent of dairy women are makeup artists, um, so most dairy women are employed by each other to do one another's makeup in a complex house of cards that leading economists warns will topple when they realise they can do it themselves. And um, uh, the last, uh, the last um, fact I'll give you there is, is that dairy's biggest news source is their Facebook buy it and sell it page. Um, it was originally used for selling shite to people that was laying around the house, but it is now a community notice board for spreading rumors, outing cheating husbands, finding out what Chinese does have best curry sauce, and creeping on random strangers. It's rumored to be where Seamus met his last girlfriend. Um, so yeah, I, I I love this Ulster Fire website. It's just so good, like just so fucking fucking stupid on it. Like
3: I mean, I, I love the way we've tasked each other with getting random facts about um about different counties, and you've basically
2: gone on the Naughty version of the Water Whisperer news to get your facts. A hundred percent, yeah. And what yeah. I will though, what I will though, I'll give you um I, so the the yellow belly and heaney can is I'm too old for this wit. Which is an I'm too old for this shit from um from was what was your man's name? Murta or something in yeah, um Lethal Weapon. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um and a quick fact about that um is that well, it's not about your man Myrta, but it's that Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis were each considered for each other's roles in Lethal Weapon and Die Hard Die Hard. Where both movies were produced by Joel Silver, and um, so um, Bruce Willis was offered the roles of Martin Riggs uh, in *Lethal Weapon*, but turned it down. And a year later, he did *Die Hard*. And uh, Gibson was considered for John McClane as well, but um, I think he got—I think he got caught up in. So- no, I think they just turned it down. But yeah, it's crazy. I always think it's mad, like when you try and like think about films. Uh, like with with you know with like an alternative um, character in, in it as well. Like I always I always think that's fucking that's mad. Like there's there's one with Will Smith as well that he turned down something fucking huge, isn't there? Um, I can't remember, but yeah, I always I, I'm always just like fuck. It's uh, like yeah, I can never imagine like fucking especially Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Like I can't imagine anyone else playing that John McLean role. Like.
3: Yeah, it's it, it's just synonymous with them similar with fucking lead weapon and um hips and playing rakes. But coming back to Derry,
2: um, how good is fucking Derry Girls? Oh, stop. Fuck, I should have done, <laughs> done something like that. I shouldn't have given myself like 20 minutes to
3: research these facts. Like you should, you should, if you just if you just google Derry instead of looking at the other five, you'd have been fine. But Derry like dairy Girls, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is brilliant. It's, it's brilliant like for people who aren't familiar with Derry, it almost has its own self of um introspective humor that that like it, the rest of Ireland looking at Derry Girls might half get, but we still like it's almost like there are there are jokes in Derry Girls that are dairy specific that I kind of don't get, but I know it's funny because if I was from Derry, I would get it. Um so it's really well written, written and um and as well, speaking of Heaney Brewery um, and Down County Down, which you featured last week with Boundary, um, they did a collaboration imperial that were called "I Can I Can Now See the Stars," uh, which was fucking phenomenal. Which featured and again featured in one of them Virtual Beer Festival um, packs that, that that I attended during the summer uh, with the Crack Beer Community. So like just fucking dairy, great spot for the crack. Great sense of fucking introspective humor, and um, love doing each other's makeup, and um, they fucking produce quality beer.
2: Yeah, uh, that like I said about like Dairy Girls, like like that is a fucking phenomenal show. And um, one scene that always like you know what you're saying about like say uh, jokes about like Dairy jokes about that period of um the kind of uh, troubles slash like pre um good friday agreement like just pre friday like what 90s it's 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 like 90s isn't it like that 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 dairy girl is a shot in yeah, like you know just it, i think night. the good friday agreement uh features in one of the episodes isn't it? yeah the, the, yeah
3: the the negotiations
2: exactly yeah so it's, it's around that time period but um just just one scene that always sticks out to me is just like where like they're on the school bus and they're like going to school and and there's just like um a bomb check on the bus on their way into school and like um like the uh the uh police just come onto the bus and like are just checking and like there's like a bomb scare and all this kind of thing and like they just treat it as so normal like what's going on and it's just it's just amazing where they're just like you know it's like they're like ripping the piss out of the the police that are coming on like fully armed it's just like oh jesus christ i can't even imagine what that was like like and um, it's it's that it's that humor that was about it but like it's also like a very good reflection of probably like the humor that was there at the time of like having to deal with that situation like that kind of like dark humor about the whole thing of like you know like just People are kind of like laughing at the people with guns and stuff. Like it's it's um
1: yeah, but it, it's so
2: good. Like, but even for us, like as
3: as you know, people who grew up in the nineties, far removed from the, the troubles on the border um, and that whole conflict. Like yeah. we did, we did grow up far removed from it. And like you know, as, as you travel internationally, like people are like, oh my god, what do you think about this? And it's like, like. We are genuinely far removed, so we're not authorities on this subject whatsoever. But it's mad the way, like, say, someone the exact same age as us would have been on a bus that was uh, searched by armed police forces in that manner as children uh, on this island. And yet, you know, we have previous podcast episodes where we talk about traveling and we talk about experiences of, you know, Armed officers in random countries coming on the buses, and how alien it is to us, yet it happened on this island. And um, so, it's just a mad part of our history that is very, very recent. And we it's easy to forget how recent it is. Yeah. And I think very girls captures the whole, I suppose, um, fucking proximity of the madness of an armed um, military struggle on this island so recently, with the fact that these girl,
2: girls are just going
3: around trying to get the shift and then. Um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, sneak a few naggins and stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah, and, and that scene, that scene um, where there's like a bombing. I I don't I can't remember which bombing or or some is is referred to, um, and they have the cranberries playing in the background, and the girls are just on the stage dancing and living their best lives, but the parents are at home seeing this horrific news, and um, and just the fucking juxtaposition of it all is fucking brilliant television. Like it really genuinely is moving brilliant television and Derry's class
2: I fucking love Derry shout out to Aoife Grace Moore journalist good stuff (laughs) (laughs) right uh so that's uh two cans two counties by me uh DJ what's your second can your second county
3: so I have the nominated nation's capital next in Dublin um which you know, car people would dispute, um, and I have car coming up after that, as to what should be the capital, uh, but I have Dublin next, uh, the, ca- the capital of Ireland, um, uh, uh, and I have a brewery that we we fucking love, like we cannot speak highly enough about Rascals Brewery in Inchicore and in Dublin, um, we we absolutely love them, and um, the next can basically after drinking that Dalman, I was like, I need something really contrasting now because if I go straight into some some fucking proper stout. I'll be leery. I won't be able for this podcast. I'll be on the floor in the fetal position. So I was looking at the beers I was going to drink and I had I had the other three of them there and I was like, what'll I go for next? So I've gone for this. Um just for the for the viewers on YouTube, I've held the can up. Um it's Rascals the Candyman, chocolate salted caramel stout. Five point five percent and it's every bit as confusing as it sounds. It's every bit as delicious as it sounds. Uh, I really, genuinely do not know, want, know what to make of this beer. And like Rascal Staples are up there with everyone. Like there are uh, like we feature Rascal so much on this podcast. Yankee IPA, Metropolis, Fruit yeah. Like they have so many, so many absolute happy man.
2: days. Fucking so oh, good. Oh, like
3: hundred percent, hundred percent. They have great beers. Great beer all <sighs> And then they come out with these like we we've had the Rascals milkshake pale ale that you fucking love featured on a previous podcast, um. So they do they are they do go for really out there beers, um. And I've tried this Candyman tonight, and it has completely fucked with my head, um, because it's delicious. It's a very very nice drink, but again, what I said earlier when I was talking about the dolman and I was saying you need to remove. The concept of what a stout should be from your head before you drink it um, the same thing applies here and I struggle to do it because it is nothing like any stout I've tasted before I've had chocolate stouts I've had coffee stouts I've had oatmeal stouts I've had uh, whiskey aged stouts I've had nitro stouts milk stouts the whole lot this is different, so different. Like, I, I, it, 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 genuinely has fucked up with my brain. Um, drinking it, and, um, it's, it's like I said, it's five point five percent. So like, it, it, it's it's very much like you know, it's what, what am I drinking? Um, there, there's a good bit of kick to it. Um, in terms of that dark chocolate and caramel, it, it's like you know, you know, a caramel slice that has dark chocolate on top of it, and you go to. to eat it and you think it's milk chocolate and you get that bitter like love like almost that bitterness like um that you're not expecting there is that about it um and it's an incredibly interesting drink to drink it's not something you're going to drink five of um and i don't think it's intended to be sessionable i think it's intended to be like i want to try something random that's going to intrigue me and interest me and it very much hits those buttons um and yeah, I, I fucking I love how out there rascals are with these drinks that they they they, they um they, they put out. Um, it's it's genuinely thrown me. Um, and like I said, we've had chocolate stouts. Chocolate stouts tend to be bitter though and have coffee notes, and like we have had coffee stouts and chocolate and coffee stouts and all these, and all these different varieties. There's a sweetness to this that you just do not associate with stout. And I I genuinely appreciate what they've achieved in the brewing. Um. And like they've gone straight out, like they've called it the fucking candy man. Like, this is what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to basically produce a really sweet stout. And they have f- completely fucking held a brief. Um and I think you'd love it. I think my brother Ian would really, really like
2: this beer. Um, yeah, I'd love it. I'd, I actually would love it. taste of that. Like um yeah. And and even just to tr- like to go back to the can itself, like it's it looks like the candy man, doesn't it? Like it's like, literally yeah, yeah. like
3: it's, it's, it's really wonga-esque like.
2: Yeah, it's like that episode of um of The Simpsons where you know Homer goes to to like, uh, you know, we are from Germany, you know, the land of chocolate, you know, and it's like <laughs>
0: and like <you> know, <laughs>
2: it's like that. It's like it's that,
0: exactly
2: that. It's that beautiful, like, yeah, candy-esque like um rounded uh kind of bubble lettering and stuff like and those kind of pink and brown and orangey colors like it's so cool like um they've absolutely nailed uh like that side of it as well um which again just to throw back to last week's episode where we were just just so enamored by the effort that like um these brewers are putting into like putting their um Put, like just putting so much effort into their marketing of the beers and stuff mm-hmm. and uh like i just think rascals as well like just so such a clean looking can like all of those yeah. ones like you're just the coloring and everything they're just colors that you just want to pick up like they're so cool like you know and like that's that's like that's that's one as well that you're like hmm do i want if if i want a sweet stout like this like, this is literally the can that I'm going to pick up because it looks yeah. like a sweet stout, like, it looks like a sweet stout can.
3: And it's like, it's, it's the idea kind of like dessert to drink. Like, it is, it is, like, dessert comes to mind when you're drinking it. Um, and as well, the one thing I will say about it too is, like, you know, I'm more of a savory person and I still enjoyed it. Like, I am much more, like, my, my palate is more uh, complementary towards savory flavors and savory tastes. And I still really enjoyed it. It is very sweet at the start, and it's a bit of a shock, but like you do quickly acclimatize to it and like, it's one of those, sometimes with these kind of like sweeter, more out there beers, it's almost like the first two tastes, The first tastes sips are fine, but it's very difficult to drink a pint of it. It actually is, it becomes a lot more easier to drink as you go. And in terms of Dublin then, uh, uh I was like, right, what am I going to say randomly about Dublin? And I, I i just have a few quick things really on Dublin because like it's it's like one of the most storied cities in the world and, and, and like it, you know, there, you've all these boring. It's a born else boring, it's it's boring, out boring out fucking, fucking county, like um but you've all these um you've all these like poets and authors and bands and musicians that come for Dublin
2: dance. like, yeah.
3: But actually i uh, just showed it to Finn Dwyer, they were like armored cars and tanks and guns came to take away our sons, but every man will stand behind, must stand behind Finn Dwyer. Um like a Viking city, the the in terms of like the integration of the Vikings into Ireland, Gluneering was the first uh, half Viking, half Celtic lord of of, of Dublin, um, which was p- pretty cool. And I love the the, the way that um, Dublin is the English name of the city, but the Irish name is uh, Ballyholeclea. And actually, Dublin town was formed by the merging of two villages, uh, Dovling, which basically translated as Blackpool um because of the, the water of the Liffey mm-hmm. and Balia Aha Clea, which means the fort of the real of the Reed um the fort of the Reed hurdles. So it was basically this marshy gaff and this river side village came together and decided to build a wall around it. And then it literally evolved into uh the, the nation's capital. Um and there are some pretty cool uh random facts about Dublin. O'Connell Bridge is as wide as it is long. It's the only bridge in Europe that has that feature. Uh,
2: so it's the widest bridge in Europe as well. Is it, yeah? Cool. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, and Phoenix Park is the, the largest park in Europe too. Oh Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so a uh, one. there's a few There's few few good things about Dublin, uh, including Rascal's Brewery. Check it out. They're in Inchicore, great spot. When the lockdown's over, go, we can't wait to head up there and record a podcast with them guys. We've been saying it for ages. Um, but yeah, fucking moving on on, what's your third drink?
2: Actually, third? so I, I actually I have a quick um I have a quick um GAA fact about Dublin, right? Um and it, it goes back to your Clea, um uh your Bala Clea phrase there. So um in uh Crow Park um there is no so Crow Park um is um a neutral stadium for the GAA. So, um there's a dressing room one and dressing room two in Croke Park. Um and they are given out um uh by um they're given out by alphabetical um order. So, for Dublin, they're not even given out. It's not even Bally Clea Dublin actually go by Allclear in the Gaelic, so Dublin actually nearly are always dressing room number one, so they're, like, they actually nearly have a home dressing room which is funny because everyone considers them the home team anyway in, in Crow Park anyway
3: but, crafty bastards just like Raskies yeah. We are actually two 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 cans each, time for a quick break I think
2: uh, Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think we'll go for a little pace, I have to get a can and so uh, either,
3: it's, it's either a word from our sponsors or a song from ourselves, we don't know.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, it, this uh, this podcast is brought to you by ACAS. So ACAS will um, insert a song from ourselves or um, a word from our sponsors, depending on how lucky or unlucky you are. So yeah, enjoy, guys.
3: Can you name the brand of non-alcoholic stout and massively call it a disaster rollout? Zero, zero, zero. 00. Yeah. An email went out to send them all back. They're contaminated. They'll turn a the shite black. Zero, zero. 00. zero. Yeah.
2: Federal Highway Commission and Diageo have announced Guinness 0.0 unsafe for human consumption or to use as diesel for your car. And we're back on the stouts. We're back in the room. We're back on the stouts. The snowcast has returned. Um, so two cans down, two to go. No, sorry. Four cans down, four to go. Um, two cans each. Um, so I am on um, O'Hara's Landfallon extra Irish stout. Um, so this guy is representing, no, it's not even representing, it is from County Carlo. um And like O'Hara's, they're a good old solid brand. Like they're kind of like, I don't really know the, st- the story about O'Hara's, but like they're nearly kind of like a little macro, micro brewery. Like they seem to be absolutely everywhere. And um, like, like, <laughs> They're not owned by anyone, are they? Or like fucking like we're not like we're not like up in like fucking um Diaggio or anything here now, are we? Like they're 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 a pure and utter uh craft brewery.
3: No, they were like the, the Carlo Brewing company back. I think they're like the thing with Car- the thing with O'Hara's is like they're almost like um uh uh, uh they're they're definitely up there with like, you know, some of the bigger bigger craft breweries in Ireland because they were founded like back in the 90s, like I think it was like 95, 96. They like they founded.
2: literally have some footing in the market, like it is phenomenal and like uh, sorry, my, my my little thing there about uh, Diage or anything, I uh, might have come across as negative but I was actually just so amazed as to like how much you see them everywhere, like there's like it's so good like and and I like um, over the initial lockdown period where I was kind of tipping into kind of hesitantly hit, uh, tipping into offies and stuff initially. Um, O'Hara's was a played a big part like some of those deals, uh four for ten and stuff like that on O'Hara's in my local offie here. And uh, I was getting like that hop adventure and some of their double hopped IPAs and stuff like that. Um, and they're really good. Yeah. but. Anyway, just to say that this um, land on was something that I was drinking back in the lockdown when um, you couldn't get a pint or you couldn't get a pint of stout uh, porphyry or anything like that. And God, it's it's lovely, like, you know, and um, has that kind of, a nice little kind of like uh, vanilla-y um, kick off it, um, um, which, is, which is really nice and um, really solid stout. And you know, remember we were saying earlier on there today about um, bridging uh, beers, and you were saying, "Oh, your the the Western was definitely wasn't a bridging beer." I tell you what, this is—I could—I could actually say this is probably a bridging stout.
3: Yeah, Lamb Fulan has been a popular one in Cork, like for people who are trying to move away from macro brews for a long time. Um, like I think O'Hara's has always been kind of a brand that has been known to be an independent craft beer. You see O'Hara's uh signage in a lot of places. And even like I think Ohara's has transcended the kind of independent local craft brewery in terms of like, you know, even if you go on your holidays to southern Spain, you're you're likely to see Ohara's branding there as well. You know, um I've always found that. And like Glamfalon, you see it, it's one of the it was one of the first. Non-macro brewery beers that I ever tasted, but Slamfalon, like, and it, it's a really, really good beer. and um, it's a really, really good stout. It's a lovely fucking stout. In fact, I'm pretty sure we like it was on. It was one of the taps when Grady's Yard in Waterford, the Yellow Belly Beer Tap Room, hosted their Stout and Porter night. Um, the first winter that they were open and Lanfalon was on the menu that night and I think we helped ourselves to New Blackwater. Yeah. It. yeah.
2: yeah. A, that's actually funny what mm-hmm. you're saying there about like the um uh the like that you'd see it in Spain or something like that. Because you know like on the front of the bottle here um it's like O'Hara's Lanfalon, extra Irish stout like you know so it is obviously um trying to trying uh, to market itself to uh, a foreign audience as well like you know just I'm pretty having a
3: certain i'm pretty certain one of the um i'm pretty certain that was bought by or, or no sorry that o'haras there, there's a, like a foreign investor from from spain or somewhere like that came in Um i think i remember like i think when i was in uh, i was in uh, Catalonia last summer and i think i remember reading that somewhere or like literally googling like why am
2: i seeing o'haras in spain um, yeah. Actually, yeah, there's actually there's a load of um foreign writing on the background in terms of like all the translations of the English mm-hmm. as well. Like I think it has about like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different languages on the back. Fair play to
3: it's a great beer and it's a good brewery mm-hmm. and like they have they're all over the place, you know. They're in they're in supermarkets, they're in off licenses, they're in pubs in Ireland and abroad, and um, they, 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 they copped down really early and they do a good job. Um, Carlo, what is then on? What have
2: you for us? Um, so I just have, I have a few little um, things from, uh, this is from carlotours.ie, five facts you probably didn't know about um, County Carlo, but I'm going to give you just three. Um, so um, Easter uh, is one of the most important days of Christianity, but in the 5th and 6th century, there was a divergence within the church as to how to calculate Easter. And basically, in a nutshell, um, County Carlo in, um, I think it was Lachlan Bridge, was it? Or old Lachlan or something in County Carlow, um, that, that that they actually like determined how um, Easter was going to be calculated. I thought that was pretty cool, like, you know, um. Secondly, now this is a pretty fucking cool one, right? Carlo was once the capital of Ireland. Never knew this, right? Carlo Castle um, was constructed by William Marshall around 1207 to 1213 to guard a vital river, river crossing, and it served as capital of the Lordship of Ireland under King Edward III from 1361 to 1374.
3: No wonder the Brits aren't around anymore and they're trying to make Carlo the capital. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carlo is a good spot. Like, uh, Lachlan Bridge is a really good place to go for a point. Um, uh, again, a, good, a place that has good good music around it. Um, and how can we mention Carlo without our fucking friends in Tully's, um, who have t- who, who have Tully's Bar there in Carlo and, and have their sister pub here in Waterford? Uh, are a fucking phenomenal bar
2: That I remember. Where, I remember when I was in um, I was in college, and um, uh, everyone was banging on about this place called. I think it was called the, the uh, no, it was it was called the Foundry in Carlow, big nightclub there. how so best nightclub in Ireland, and all this shite like about it. And now I'm making this up, but I think that the same people who own the Foundry in Carlow opened up the Foundry in Waterford. And bought the foundry in Waterford, so then there was big hype about and um, this foundry in waterford and um, but then that turned out to be another disappointment
3: yeah the foundry in carlo i was in it once and it's not
2: oh that's also shite. i think
3: like you, en- you enter the foundry in Carlow through like the the hallway of a shopping center or something like you know if i remember correctly so it's it's, it's not great but look if there's stock o'hara's and you can buy local beer there or fair folks
2: soon um, and my, fi- my final final Carlo fact is going back to bridges as well but the oldest working bridge in Europe is in Loxton's Bridge in Carlo so there you go okay. yep. bridge,
3: bridge. bridge by nature um, yep. right so my, my third drink uh, and my third county tonight is County Cork um, a county that obviously we both have close connotations uh, I, went, I grew up and went to school in Cork and we both went to university in Cork um but despite the fact that we went to university in the city um and i went to school in the city and despite the fact that we have often uh had breweries and and drinks from east cork on the podcast like clear brown company etc uh, i was like fuck it i'm definitely going for something from west cork um and again tying in with the the, the kind of similar vibes that i got from kerry last week about um about Bale bon from from uh, from from og and the West C- Kerry Brewing Company. I've gone for um, Stag Stout. Oh, which is my, nice. The Nine White Deer Brewing Company, which we have mentioned in the podcast in the past. Uh, a quality Brewing Company. Every beer that Nine White Deer produce is gluten-free, which I fucking love because I'm not a celiac. I don't have um, an intolerance to... You don't gluten. have seals. I don't want to have seals or an intolerance to gluten. But at the same time too, it's really, really good that they're fucking catering to that 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 core people, um, as well. And it's um, it's a really, really nice beer. Um, it, it is uh stag stout. It is um. I'm actually I'm not sure on four point two percent, so it's fairly sessionable as well. And uh, it, it, it's 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 this incredible um. It's just incredible stout because the the one thing I really get a bang off it is vanilla. Um. So again. Like I've had a I've had a fucking whiskey stout. I've had gone to the ex, exact opposite end of the spectrum to get a fucking caramel stout that's really really sweet. And this vanilla has a lovely uh, sweetness to it, but it's a cool kind of texture. It's a really drinkable stout. It's really really good. Like I said, it's gluten free, um, and it's from from um a top notch top notch brewery, um, uh, in Nine my dear that is from Ballywarny in in Bollywurna, in 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 County Cork, which again, similar to the West Kerry Brewing Company, which is in Arena, a Goyelduct in Kerry, um, white right there are based in, in Boliworna, which is a coilduct in Cork. So again, it's it's a beer that is producing um is a brewery that's producing quality beer based on locally sourced ingredients. From an area that is predominantly an Irish language speaking area, so it, like it really is hitting, ticking on my fucking boxes before I even taste it, and then the fact that the beer is top notch, just fucking is the icing on the cake to be one hundred percent honest with you, um, and, and what I love here is like on the bottle itself, it says like a sholich on Show in the of muskery, which basically is Irish for, um, this beer was brought to life in the to of muskery. Um, which is just fucking hauntingly beautiful, to be quite honest with you. Mm. Um, um, oh, uh, have you, have you, uh, I know that I drink a good bit of Nine my Dear beer and when I get the opportunity to drink it, I, I jump at the opportunity because like in our interactions with them online and from what I, I know of them, they are fucking really sound, sound people who are producing great beer, and again, like, are committed to gluten-free, locally sourced beer, which is something that I really, really respect. Have you had much of the Nine My Dear, um, brewery on?
0: No. Nope.
3: <laughs> 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 um, I, I look, listen, like my brother-in-law Rory, um, Rory Clancy, up in 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 a uh, Oughterard, in in I Galway. Like, you don't have
2: a brother called Rory Clancy.
3: <laughs> my brother-in-law uh, Rory Clancy up in the Jordan, who runs Power's Touchball uh, I I was up there last year with uh, my other brother-in-law Noel Campanhen who is a celiac and Rory had um nine white deer's um um, um stag's ear the 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 pale ale, uh, in bottles there for Noel uh, which is gluten-free as well and like it's just this fucking really really good brewery and it's great to see like um you know again like up is just literally on the border of um of of the Connemara of as well so you see these these Irish-speaking regions looking out for each other supporting Irish-speaking suppliers and something like that it was really really good to see um and it's a fucking delicious brewery delicious beer and uh, when we talk about Cork I was like right what am I going to come up with 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 ways to talk about cork i think first thing is you know the way like um the, our our overseas listeners might not be aware or maybe they are aware that every county in ireland and we're doing a beer from every county in ireland has like a nickname and cork's nickname is the rebel county um in terms of like the rebellion and a lot of the agitators for irish independence came from cork and it's this time of year i think it's very very pertinent because the school that I went to, Gwail Claw Shevira, the North Mon in the north side of Cork City, um, were, were, were very central to a lot of the, the rebellion um, aspects of, of Cork and it, that nature of it. So in 1920, two Lord, Mayor of, Lord Mayors of Cork died, uh, Terence McSweeney and Thomas McCartan. And um, one of them died at the hands of British soldiers and another one died on hunger strike, uh, protesting British rule in Ireland. The boat went to the same school I went to and the boat died in 1920. So in 1920 Cork had three Lord Mayors um, who were all like socialist, Republican, Lord Mayors. So so that kind of rebellion aspect of it was pretty cool. It, it's just really cool that. Um, I think like, you know, Terence Musqueiny died a hundred years ago, um, very recently. It's, it's, it's only a couple of weeks since he, uh, centenary of his passing on hunger strike. Um, and also the war of independence in Ireland and the civil war was heavily contested in Cork, um, and some of the most pertinent and and some of the most striking and storied parts of Ireland throughout the War of Independence and Civil War, and um, some of the most horrific acts took place in, in, in Cork, and the most pivotal aspect of the Civil War um, took place in Cork at Bail Blaw, where Michael Collins was shot dead um, in the Civil War. and. <laughs> yeah but this is the thing right this 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 is what i i i think is striking about irish history and the way irish history is told is that michael collins is obviously immortalized in the jim sheridan movie uh portrayed by um uh Liam neeson in in that movie michael collins um like we would have grown up hearing about michael collins as this incredible man because um emma de valera it has since emerged has not been as as cool as maybe like you know people made him out to be in the 70s and 80s and um, and i suppose there's this thing where like when you go to bail leblah at the ambush site where michael collins was shot dead and again like talking about previous podcast episodes where like finn dwyer of Irish history podcast in in an episode we did with finn called um rasputin Bear and joseph and mary Plunkett walk into a bar he talks about the guy who, who purportedly shot Michael Collins and nobody has ever admitted to shoot Michael Collins. Um, but the site of Bail and Blas is marked by a, a, a Catholic cross, a kind of very small monument. And just goes to show how the importance of winning the Civil War and telling the story of Ireland's fight for independence was, that not that far away in West Cork is the ambush site where Tom Barry ambushed the Black and Tans. And there's a massive, like huge memorial to Tom Barry at that site, and its importance is is like, you know, cannot be understated at that site. Whereas the importance to Michael Collins and the place that he was shot dead is kind of downplayed when you get there. It's very underwhelming, and um, and I thought that's just an in, an interesting look back on Irish history. And like West Cork, where the Nine White Deer Brewery is is located. Um, it's this rural, isolated area where people are like, you know, West Cork people are very similar to Kerry people in that they're just this this breed of their own. And they're fantastic people to be around, great crack, but at the same time, quite a suspicious type of people. And yeah. it's, it's easy to see why. And just the, the history of West Cork is incredible. And the fact that this region, region contributed so much to Ireland's independence and Ireland's sense of identity now. And also like, some an, an awful lot of the darker aspects of irish history i just thought it was really cool and it was something just maybe that um our listeners mightn't be overly familiar with particularly our listeners abroad so i was like fuck it lads if you're look into that shit and if you come and visit ireland go and see bail blog because it is a really important historical historical site in in ireland and uh, yeah it's underwhelming but its its significance can't be
2: overstated yeah, I think um one of the most underwhelming facts about it is that um signposts uh to get in the, to get the bail of law just have ambush sight. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So my grandfather
3: loves um Michael Collins, right? And is obsessed with him. Like my my tenth birthday present for my grandfather was Michael Collins' autobiography, right?
2: Oh, yeah. so um what,
3: who's he's never that- been He's never been to Belle Blah I'm myself, oh, yeah. and I'm bringing him. And I can't wait till we get to that crossroads where it says ambush site. And I just can't wait to be in the back of the car to say to him, "Jesus, if he saw the sign, you would think he wouldn't fucking go down there?"
2: <laughs> yeah, I've seen like um, I've seen like pictures on like Reddit and stuff of like people putting up photos of like say like a signpost like, um, to the right, like you know, like. Uh, Saying like you know ambush site to the right, and people be like, I might turn left. So here,
3: (laughs) oh, Uh, top notch. Um, oh, and what's your what's your fourth drink for for the second week of the pandemic series? Yeah, so
2: um, my fourth and uh, final can. I, I haven't even had a look at it because this is sorry, the, uh, uh, this is the one I've I've been playing catch up on on all the cans I've been talking about um beforehand, um, but this is actually one that I'm drinking at the moment. So it is called Aratosa by um, Loch Gill and it's their oatmeal stout, and it's a five point four percent um and yeah oh yes it's lovely like again a lovely look
3: DJ. before you go on right i i do I'm sorry to interrupt you now but i just want to say like this is not coordinated and we don't tell each other what order we're going to drink this stuff in and we don't really look into each other's drinks and you started off with a whiskey barrel stout and i mm. had a whiskey barrel stout and then you went to what was your second drink again
2: so I went, I went with,
3: with the wheat beer was
2: second. So,
3: we, we right, split, so you we went didn't... with the wheat beer, something different. And I went with like a candy drink, something really different. Yeah. Your third stout you described as uh, you said something about vanilla. And I, yeah. I literally had a vanilla stout next. And now you're like, oh, my next beer is like an oatmeal stout. And my fourth beer is an oatmeal porter. Like this is completely on. Un- un-
2: Oh. I know this is weird I, I was actually thinking this in the last on the last one as well when you said when you said vanilla on the last one I was like no way this is ridiculous
3: but well, I genuinely have like an oatmeal porter next so like it's, it, it's completely like unintentional but anyway sorry for interrupting drive on man
2: um, but yeah no um, again as I was going to say stout season is among us and I'm loving it like I'm actually loving it like I, like Oh, Jesus. Like, if I could have the fridge here just full of stouts, like, I'd be the happiest man on earth. Like, it's, it's so good. Like, this, this one is like pure, pure smooth, like going down. Um. uh, has that kind of lovely, uh, yeah, but it has actually, it has a really, really, really nice, and um, chocolatey taste off it as well. Like, kind of like, um, uh, it's not as bitter as a dark chocolate. It's nearly like milk chocolatey, like, um. but yeah, yeah it's lovely. Um, And, uh, yeah, like, uh, look, I can't, I can't say enough about stout season and just like, just, just tipping into them. And like, it's such a, it's such a comfort drink as well, isn't it? Like, you know, like, I, I like, I think during, the summer months with like your pale ales and all those like you know there's that excitement there's the fruitiness you know there's the bubbliness there's the uh, there's like the carbonation everything about like those those beers is like you know pretty exciting it's pretty uh you know it's pretty like high tempo that that sounds a bit that sounds a bit weird but it, it like it is it it is a bit more um it's, it's a bit more fresh or something like that. Whereas like this stout season now is just pure comfort food, isn't it? Like it's just it's just like just that kind of like silky, smoothie ta- like you know, flow of beer that's gone down. Like I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I want to add to that there and say, like, you know,
3: I, I think you will completely agree with me with this in terms of that. We've we've both gone from the you know, the high percentage whiskey barreled kind of like or stouts that you'd have one or two of to the kind of like you know out there limited edition beers that you're like right this is different uh, yeah. again you'd have one or two of um to the kind of vanilla stouts that you would have a couple of drinks of but again it's like you know i know i'm drinking something different here This oatmeal porter that I'm drinking that we'll get into again in a bit. And I think it's the same with your oatmeal out here. This style, this type of beer is something that you genuinely could sit down and drink six, seven, eight of them and be comfortable with it. And like what I get from certainly from the 12 Acres one that I'm drinking and I'm sure it's the same for you, is this velvety smoothness of drinkability that you could just stay going and keep going back to it. And it's just a pleasure to drink.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and um, yeah, just I just can't say enough about it, but forget about that, hey. Eh? What, what I, where, where's it from? Where is it from? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this, um, this is, um, from Lock Gill in County Sligo, um, and I'll tell you, so, uh, I, I think. Maybe to tip along as well into like uh, this, this, this episode has probably been a bit a bit more kind of history heavy and um, I'm quite liking it. Like, um, And I'm going to keep going along this route um, and I'm going to tell one of like the older Irish stories of um, the pursuit of uh, Diarmuid and Gráinne. So, oh. uh, yeah, so... We um, didn't even
3: talk about the, the Constance Markovich route.
2: No, no no, I, was, I, I, I I was thinking that as well, but um i said I said i because uh, I love the um the old Irish stories, so I, I I said I might bring this in because it's something that I've always said that I think Disney should definitely fucking <laughs> just go hop on these stories and just rob them like you know, because there's some really, really powerful stories in this. Um, but anyway this this pursuit um from Irish mythology. Um, it concerns kind of like a love triangle, I suppose, between Fionn Macúl and the Princess Gráinne and um, the warrior um, Diarmut. So um, I suppose um, the story begins with um, the ageing Fion. So who is the leader of um, the Fianna, who are a war, uh, a band of warriors in Ireland, um, and they are uh, and sorry, he's grieving over the death of his wife uh, Magnus. So, um, so uh, is kind of like the the, the worthy woman of uh, of these the kind of successor for um, for for Fionn, um, post the death of Magnus um and um, they're kind of like they've kind of arranged for a wedding and stuff like for that but so Gráinne I suppose is not in love with Fionn she's kind of distressed that and um, that Fionn is older than than her own father so uh so she's actually in love with uh, Fionn's handsome warrior Díarmid um and <laughs> so there's a few there's a few um, there's a few different uh, stories there, like it's it, there's this thing with like irish mythology as well whereby like um like there is like like a story of Uh, like, there is the Irish mythology of a story of, say, Fionn McCool or or Tiernanog or whatever, but, like, every time you hear it, there's, like, a different version, and, like, someone has added in, like, this little, like, tidbit about it of, like, you know, and, you know, and Fionn had a cat or something like that that was never in the original story, just someone adding in their own thing, Um, but... Uh, there is a thing in this that that Gronia was in love with, um, Deirmund, because he had a magical love spot on his forehead that made him irresistible. But anyway, um, so they were all at um, they're all at a wedding, or at the wedding. So um, uh, Gronia slips a sleeping potion into all the guests' drink and encourages Deirmund to run away with her. Um, and he refuses at, f- at first out of loyalty to Fionn, but, um, he, he, re- he relents, uh, and, and he, he runs away with him. Um, but, uh, anyway, th- th- so anyway, there's, there's this whole kind of love triangle thing about it. Um, but <laughs> there's this funny thing that, um, that, about <laughs> how, um, Diarmid initially, uh, refused, um, to ride uh, Grania um, out of respect for Fionn, and, he wasn't um, from Clare. What?
3: He wasn't from Clear. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, but um, in one in one of these stories about it, that um, she says that um, the water the, that water that splashed up her leg is more adventurous than he is, um, uh, and and. <laughs> I uh, look, there's, 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 there's lows about it. There's like, um, you know, dear, dear, dies in the end, and, and and all this kind of crack. But um, it's just, I, I love, I love these stories. Like, there's just, there's so much, um, there's so much folklore and everything about them. And um, I'd love to, I'd love to read up. I'd love to have someone. Um, do kind of a series. I'm I'm actually at the moment I'm reading or no sorry I'm listening to an audio book by um, Stephen Fry on um, Greek mythology. Um, and I'd love I'd love someone. There probably is someone now. I'm probably like insulting someone by uh, having it, but uh, you know uh, that kind of like, uh, yes, you know, from start uh to end of this lovely you know mythology and just kind of going through it and like. Someone with a, a really nice yeah. voice, like Stephen I, I think, Fry, um, as well. Like, you know, um.
3: I, I would point you in the direction maybe not mythology, but more folklore in terms of like Eddie Linehan's podcast, Tell Me a Story, where like Eddie's from North Kerry and he lives in Clare and he's got this wonderful story. Like, he's probably like the last proper living Shanachie in Ireland. Yeah. But he, he, he does have this podcast series called um, Tell Me a Story, where he talks about theories and he talks about the role of women in Irish history and he talks about, you know, um these, these these like uh curing women uh and and this kind of shite you know that kind of way like he does he doesn't talk about the ancient stories of Tierney Nog or the Madagrana yeah, yeah cool and this kind of stuff but he does talk about like proper Irish folklore in terms of like you know um um she n- 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 like n- the, the fairies and the fairy forts and, and kind of all that kind of stuff um but but there's definitely like a proper like I actually got um Nia's goddaughter, our our niece, and um, Cloda for her birthday, I got her this book about Irish mythology, and it's kind of like this um illustrated book about it. And it's this is kind of thing where, like, when lockdown's over, I can't wait to go up and read those stories with with her as a kid and kind of immerse myself back in those stories, you know, because they're they're brilliant stories. Um,
2: yeah, no, I yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid as well. There was I can't remember it at all, but like there was a story, there was a book I had whereby it was like um. Like a proper book but like you had uh like these irish storytellers reading along with you so it was like an audio book and book combo thing i thought it was absolutely amazing at the time so good like so powerful like these people telling the stories and like obviously kind of like Taught you as well, like uh, at the same time, like, and um, yeah, it was it, it was brilliant, but um, yeah, actually, so, so uh, to link, I suppose, um, because I never did link Deerman and going to Sligo, is that and um, they settled and they lived in Ben bulban in Sligo, so that's that's that was there, that was the link there, yeah, to them.
3: For anyone who who isn't familiar with Ben Bulbin, look up Sligo's football pitch and the view of Bulbin from there. Like it, it's just a
2: geographical phenomenon. Well worth oh, it's yeah, it's amazing. Like yeah, I'm um, and, and well
3: worth visiting if anyone does come to Ireland again. Like that west coast of Ireland is just phenomenally phenomenal for scenery. So go and see Clare and all that kind of shit, like and then go with Kerry and visit West Kerry Brewing Company up to Clare and then drive on to.
2: Achill Island and Sligo, like, well, you won't be disappointed. So, DJ, uh, let us or help us um reach the halfway point. For fifteen cans down, fifteen counties down. What's what's the sixteenth can? The halfway this?
3: point. The halfway point is the county of my wife, uh, leash. leash. Leash, 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 leash. Which, which, to be honest with you, like one hundred percent, I want to put it out there, is one of the most boring counties of Ireland. <laughs> Our single thought. Or so I thought, and um, it's kind of funny, like my brothers would always take the piss out of Niamh and say, like, you know, uh, I really didn't know that Leash was a real place until you existed. Or like Leash is just this place you went to on the train, you know, this kind of way. But um, from for independent craft uh, brewery perspective, Leash is pretty good because they have two of the best breweries in Ireland in Ballykill Cabin, which we kind of just nominated to represent Cabin last week. And the beer that I'm drinking this week, which is um, Winter is Coming Oatmeal Porter from 12 Acres, uh, top, top notch beer. I think I described it a couple of minutes ago, and like this podcast is running quite long, so I think I'll be quite quick. Um, it's this lovely velvety kind of porter, um, this kind of thing that's like, you know, you could drink seven or eight of them without too much bother. However, I want to get stuck in the leash because, genuinely, as someone who's married leash woman, has been, spent a lot of time over the last five, six years of my life in Leash. Uh, I know very little about it. So I, I had to, in my recruitment, rather than just use Google and be lazy about it, I was like, I need to bring in the pros. So I went on WhatsApp and I got on to Enda Fitzpatrick, Niamh's brother. I was like, Enda, spell out the situation to him. I was like, it's the pandemic, it's County Leash. I need some, I need some inside scoops on Leash. Um, so Enda was like not a bother he got in contact with some of our our mutual friends who we know from Leash uh, and they kind of put their their Leash brains together and came up with a few gems so this is what they came up with and I I don't know, I think this reflects more on Leash than it does on us to be 100% honest but there's some good ones in here I have a few few quick fire stuff Um, maybe a bit of a change of time I
2: love
3: it it's a great way to end the podcast to be honest with you the first Pimm's distillery was founded in, industri- in the industrial behemoth that is Mount Melick way back in 17 three before they moved to London. Pimm's? No way. Pimm's was first distilled in Leash. Uh, uh, no, that one's boring. Um, the Queen's sister, Prince Margaret, boo, was married to Anthony Armstrong Jones. His sister... Susan Ann was married to Lord de The current Lord's father and Princess Margaret visited Abbey Leaks in the 1960s. Like Abbey Leaks is, is like just a part of Leash. I don't know. I don't know why I read that out, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, back in the day, the Lord of the C- Cosby Estate traveled to the UK agriculture. Uh, this is a great story. Hold on. When we're editing, we, wait, wait, I'll do this right. I have a good story from you for an leash now. Back in the day, the Lord of the Cosby estate traveled to the UK to an agricultural show because he wanted to buy a prized ram to improve the quality of the local stock. The ram was quickly stolen by farmhands for their own flocks and replaced with a shite ram, who the Lord used to show off to visitors when they came to the estate. The ram was named Lord Brockton. <laughs> Oh, did you know that the carpets for the Titanic were made in County Leash? No way! Yeah, genuinely. They actually were made in Abbey Leaks. Um, the first shots of the 1916 Rising were fired in Clannad where they derailed a mail train heading for Dublin. So the 1916 Rising actually
2: started in County Leash. That was an accident though.
3: <laughs> oh, like, yeah, they, they, they completely, definitely. Uh <laughs> this is a good one. This is this has come from genuine leash people, right? After seeding Rat Downey and Boris and Ossery from the county in a plebiscite, the area was returned to leash after Tipperary discovered how useless it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but there's actually yeah, there's one or two quite good. Strongbow married Dermot McMurdo's daughter, daughter Eva. I- and what would establish a link between the island of Ireland and Britain for the start of an 800-year occupation of the country. Strongbow and Aoife uh, resided in the indomitable Rocketdon Mass located outside Portlaoise.
2: And That's a link back to last week, where Strongbow and Aoife were married in Reginald's Tower in Waterford. and Yeah,
3: 100%. And I think, look, like to be 100% honest with you, I think there's only one way to end this podcast on and it's the fact that the word fart was originally poo noise but was changed after a leash man named Fart let off a stinker in Brian Boru's court that was so bad five people died and the event was marked by a day of mourning from that day on the bomber vents have been called Farts, his full name Fart Alphonse Healy I have I have no idea if that's true, but that's come from leash people themselves. So to sign off on the second pandemic podcast, I just want to say that's the origin of
2: the word fart. If you want to listen to content like this, you can support the Snowcast on patreon.com forward slash Snugcast. Um, this has been uh, an unlikely good episode. Uh, I've had so much fun talking about shite we're halfway through our pandemic series we have 16 cans down 16 counties down and as we said at the start of the episode we're looking for support to get us to the 32 counties and we know there is not a a brewery in every single county Um, um, but if you know any local brewer or anything that will throw us a can or anything like that Will we'll more than likely, will more than definitely take the can off their hands. And um, we're more than happy to do so. And, and we're more than happy to support anyone who will do it for us. Um we've, uh, we've had such a, a good crack. You can contact us on all the social media platforms. We're Snowcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon. Um, and we're now on ACAS is supporting us um, to distribute this podcast so you can support us there as well um, on our website there so um, yeah, DJ any other words? I just want to say
3: alright doing the series has made me like if I didn't appreciate the breweries of Ireland enough I do now like um, we're doing 32 cans in 32 counties in one month but like there are counties there where we had six, seven breweries like that we could have choos- chosen from. So uh, just a fucking thank you to the brewers of Ireland, to be quite honest with you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then um, thank you to our um, to our Bureau of Doors who are listening in. Thanks a million, guys. The beeradori shlannig eagal for. Yeah, um, and yeah, look, lads, and um, we'll catch you next week for episode three. Already looking forward to it. Um song fall, guys.